Welcome to Crystal Clear Finances, where we understand, yep, finances, they can be confusing, but you don't have to face it alone and you can have confidence for every financial decision. My name is Crystal Langdon. I'm a certified financial planner, qualified kingdom advisor, founder of Crystal Clear Finances, and your host for the next 30 minutes. Now, today is part four of the series that we've been talking about, family banking. We want to keep your money in your family. We want when the kids need a loan, instead of them going to the bank, we want them coming to you. And yes, we want them paying you back, but we want to keep all the interest, all the money that it makes, if possible, within the family unit. And so we've been really focusing on that because I believe that when you have that dollar, Every dollar you have has the seeds and the potential to create wealth. The big question is, whose wealth will it be? Will it be yours? Will it be your family's? Or will it become the banks, the mortgage company, the the car company? We want to bring in the money back home to you. So there's four areas that we've been really focusing on the last four weeks. We have been focusing on the fact that we have to understand key financial concepts. I know we've been really hammering on it and I'll go through the list of what we've covered so far. But I believe if you can get these concepts down, then when life situations come, when financial decisions are there, you can pivot because you know the foundational truths. But a lot of times we're so excited about learning new things that are fun and will give us a great return that we don't slow down to, to learn what we need foundationally. And so we've, we've kind of pulled the reins back and said, no, we've got to learn this. And if you haven't seen the last few of our episodes on our YouTube channel, I would encourage you to go back and listen to this because what a great way to get those foundational truths in place. Now, not only do we need to learn key financial concepts when it comes to how do I keep family banking, how do I make family banking, is we want to make sure we understand how to design the plan. Now, last week, we kind of interrupted our series, and my son joined me, and Five was talking about a presentation that he had made at a recent seminar we had. We were doing How to Make Life Insurance Work for You workshop. That's a mouthful. And he was able to explain how it can be used to create family wealth and how we can use it for family banking. When you go forward and you say, you know what, I've got my key financial concepts down, I want to begin to do banking, you've got to know how to design it properly. The sad part is this, many people will go to a seminar that we've done or they'll hear us on the radio or watch us on the YouTube channel and they'll be so excited. They'll be like, Crystal, here I go. Here's my policy. I can do this stuff, right? And what's happened is they were sold the strategy but it was implemented incorrectly. And I see that all the time where a sale was made, which was in the best interest for many times for someone else rather than the client. And we wanna make sure you understand how it needs to be designed. And that's why Five was on the radio program last week, giving you some insight. That's why we're having the seminar. And that's why we encourage you to give the office a call at 518-433-7181. Sit down and learn how to design it properly. Now, once we have the key financial concepts, once we've designed this banking system that we're going to keep within our family, well, then we got to fund it. That means we got to go find the money and continually put that money in. 
No, I was just talking to someone and we were talking about a fact that there was a situation where they really could have used family banking. Man, if only they had had that $25,000, they would have been ready. But what happens is many times we hear about something, but we don't fund it. We don't put it in place until we need the money. Well, that's kind of the worst time to say, oh, now I should put this in place because we need it already in place and working and growing for us. So we wanna find ways that we can fund it effectively without interrupting your lifestyle. And I am gonna make a little note here. A lot of times people will say, well, I am funding it. And I say, oh, that's awesome. How much are you putting in? And they're like, $75. I'm like, all at once? No, I don't really say that. But I sometimes maybe in my mind, I might think that because the point is, if you're expecting to take out $25,000 and you're only putting $75 in a year, that's probably term policy, or $75 a month, a portion of that, remember, has to go pay for the life insurance and the death benefit, which means there's very little that will go over and that will be in the savings for you to access. So we want to make sure you find a way to fund it and fund it properly, which goes back to the strategy. Now, the last area, right? We learn the financial concepts. We know how to design it. We know how to fund it. This is the fun part. This is when we get to use it. This is where we begin to say, oh, I've got all this money here. I have a child that needs to go to a college, or I have a house that I want to buy, or I have a rental unit that I want to make repairs on. The money's sitting there waiting for you. And that is an excellent position to be in. And that's where you're saying, all my dollars that I make, I want them to make wealth for me. So that's why we've been taking these last four weeks to really hammer on it. Now, some of the key financial concepts concepts we've gone over and we're not going to go over in great detail. I'm just going to hit the highlight. And the reason for this is this. Many times I'll say something and you'll say, yep, got it. But if you have to repeat it back to me, sometimes, well, sometimes you can't. So I'll, I know you need to hear it several times and that's the key to this. So we did talk about the fact that all of us have a circle of knowledge, things that we know, things that we believe to be true. And all of us, yes, including me, we all have a blind spot. And what we have to be willing to do is we have to be willing to say, you know what? I recognize I don't know everything and I'm willing to allow you to challenge what I currently believe to see if there's something new that I can learn. If we don't allow people to challenge what we know, then we close ourselves into a box and we can't learn more and we can't grow where we need to become. So we talked about circle of knowledge. We've talked about the fact, and this is, I'm gonna say it slowly, that you finance everything you buy. And I know there are people out there right now saying, I do not. I pay cash for everything. When you pay cash, that means you're self-financing because you are taking your cash and you're saying, hmm, if structured properly, if put in the right position, this money could make me money, but I'm choosing to give up whatever money this could make me, and I'm gonna give it to that institution so that I don't have to pay them interest. Well, if they were only charging you 3%, but yet you could take your money and get 5% or 5.5% at a local CD, was that really the best move? So understand, you are financing even when you pay cash because you're either uh, paying interest to someone or you're giving up the right to earn interest. Huge concept that a lot of people struggle with. We also talked about three types of money behavior, the spender, the saver, the wealth creator. 
And many people, I know I was one of them, when I finally made that leap over and said, whew, I am no longer a spender. I am a saver. Boy, that gold star, I wanted it right here on my lapel. I wanted everybody to know, saver girl. But when I realized that when I made purchases, I went right back down to that zero line and that what was really the difference? The the debtor, they spent and then they had to save and get their way back to zero. I would save and then spend and then go down to zero. We were both tied to the zero line. It's only the wealth creators who have learned how to disconnect themselves from the zero line. And that's the position that you want to be in. Because then you can say, okay, I can handle these expenses that come up. I can handle the opportunities that arise and I don't have to worry about going back down to zero. So we talked about those three types of money behavior. And finally, we talked about the three types of money. We've talked about the fact there's accumulated money. This is the amount of money that you've put together, whether it's in your savings, your 401k, your IRA, your Roth, wherever you have it, it's the money that you're saving and is currently working for you to help you for retirement. Then there's lifestyle money and we, we don't touch lifestyle money because we know you don't like us to touch lifestyle money. But we can look at the third area and the third area is transferred money. There are dollars that you are losing unknowingly and unnecessarily simply because of the way that you are purchasing, buying things, selling things, however you're doing it, you're losing money. Maybe are you overpaying on a mortgage? That's a great example. If the mortgage rate is 3% and you're like, I need to get that mortgage paid off and yet your money could sit in a bank and get 5.5% and have FDIC insurance, why are you in a rush for that? You are currently losing money unknowingly and unnecessarily. So we wanna keep the money in your pocket. So where we focus as financial planners, at least at Crystal Clear Finances, is we'll focus, yes, on your accumulated money to make sure it's positioned properly, that it's doing what you want it to do and meeting your goals, and it's in alignment with your risk, right? If if you're nervous about the market, maybe we're using CDs. If you're not more nervous about the market, maybe we're more in growth, depends upon you but we'll also focus on that transferred area. And we're gonna look at those five key areas where people are losing that money unknowingly and unnecessarily and show you a new way to think about it. We're gonna challenge those mindsets and we're gonna say, hey, wait a minute, look at your mortgage this way. Have you looked at college this way? Have you looked at major capital purchases this way? Have you looked at taxes this way? Because how you're investing your money will even impact money that's being lost simply because you put it in the wrong type of taxable vehicle. Whew, that was a mouthful right there. And that was just the recap of the last three weeks. So what I wanna do in our remaining time is I wanna focus on what we're gonna talk about today, which is taxes. Because as we look at finances, it's very important to understand how the taxes can impact it. You know, a lot of times people will say, it's not the amount of money you make, but it's the amount of money you keep. Well, that's true because you could make all of this money and then if you've incorrectly placed it and be taxed on it, you could lose a considerable amount of it. So what we wanna do is say, what are the most efficient ways that we can position our money? And I wanna talk about some of the four types of tax planning strategies we use in our office. Now, before we do, 
I want to make sure everybody hears <laughs> that we are not a CPA. We don't pretend to be a CPA. We are not a CPA on TV. We don't have any of this. So whatever you hear today, we're going to encourage you to talk to your CPA. Please do not take this as tax planning advice. When we're sitting down and talking with our clients, we're, we're not giving them tax advice, but we are talking to them in conjunction with their CPA of ideas that we can begin to explore together. So we're going to talk about those four areas, but first we're going to take a quick 60 second break and then we'll be back with more crystal clear finances. Is it possible for you to pay less tax? This is Crystal Langdon with today's Financial Gem. There are four types of tax planning strategies that can potentially lower your tax bill. And while everyone's situation is different, the strategies of reorganization, annual year-end review, long-term projections, and situational planning are tax planning strategies that could allow you to keep more of the money you make. Take time to efficiently plan how you can pay less taxes. Call Crystal Clear Finances today for a free initial consultation at 518-433-7181. And we're back with more Crystal Clear Finances. Thank you, as always, for joining us over the past 24 years. I can't believe it's been that long, but what a great adventure it's been to help you build that confidence so that when you see a financial decision that you know you need to make, you can have confidence to say, yeah, this is what I should be doing. I've talked to Crystal about it. I've prayed about this. This is the step I need to take. And I'm so excited and honored to be part of your financial journey. But I wanna get into what we're talking about today before we run out of time. I wanna talk about the four key areas where we do some tax planning strategy discussions. I wanna make sure for compliance purposes, I'm saying that correctly, because we are not trying to be a CPA. But the first one is our reorganization strategy. Whew mouthful. And the way we do that is many times when an individual comes into our office for the first time and they've decided, yes, they want to hire us as their financial planner. They want us to put together a financial plan for them. One of the areas we'll have them fill out is a confidential questionnaire. And there's going to be a lot of information that I need on that. I mean, we'll take 10, 12 hours, depending on the complexity of the case, to put a financial plan together. So we're going to gather all of this information. But one of the very first things that I do is I look at this to say, okay, where can I immediately spot areas that we can stop the bleeding? You know, I, I think of it kind of as a financial x-ray. I hold that up and I say, okay, there's an area where something's broken. There's an area, oh, money's leaking out here. I circle it with my red pen, not in front of you, but I circle it and I say, okay, we need to address these areas. And by doing that, without even touching how you're spending money, I can at least show you, hey, there's areas where we can start saving monies right now. So I love that component. You know, one of the other areas in this reorganizational strategy is that we have to determine what the lifestyle spend is for a client. Now, this is huge. We have learned that many times when we're sitting down with clients and we're preparing, you know, what do you think you're going to need for retirement? Or let's not even go all the way to retirement. We just say, what are you currently making now? And what are you currently living on? Somehow, 
There just seems to be a discrepancy there between what they say is happening and what is really happening. So when we're able to take their W-2, or if they're a business owner, we're able to see the money that has come in, and then we're able to say, and how much was placed in savings this year at the end of the year? And we're able to compare their bank statement from January to December. And if it hasn't grown, then guess what? They're not saving anything that year. Why is this important? Because many times people have an unrealistic starting point. And so we've got to get back to the basics and find out what's coming in, what's going out so we can have an effective plan. Because come retirement, you're going to want to know, hey, this is what I need to live on. And we can do that when we've been able to monitor what's happening. Now, one of the things that we have found that uh, our clients have enjoyed is QuickBooks. Now, I don't get a, a commission or anything like that, but a lot of people are starting to use some type of online categorizing. So their banks automatically download into it, and it literally shows them where they are and what expenses they are incurring. Now, to me, this is a huge thing. You know, I remember when George, my husband, had sold his trucking company. And he sold it, and it was a very good sale. And so I thought, oh, we are going to pay so much in taxes. And so we began looking, what are ways, what are things that we can do that can lower our taxes so that we can benefit from all the hard work of building this trucking company over the years? And I remember that year, they were having tax credits on geothermal systems. Now, you know where you put the pipes in the ground, and then it can air condition and heat your house, all kinds of good stuff like that. Well, because I, we had our QuickBooks, we were able to pull it up and say, well, I know there's a tax credit, but would it really benefit us? And we were able to look in it and say, we spend how much for oil? We spend how much over here? We spend how much? And when we began to add it up, and then we ran the numbers on what would happen if we had a geothermal system, and then we saw what we would save so we didn't have to pay capital gains in taxes on the sale of that business, we were able to implement and put everything legally, hence I can talk to you on the radio about it, and I would never do it illegally, so I want to make sure you, you know that. But we put that in place. We put it in place because I was able to look at my QuickBooks and say, this is what's happening on my personal basis, not my business. I had nothing to do with Crystal Clear Finances. This was on the personal side. This is one of the things I encourage my clients many times to say, hey, listen, get some sort of system that automatically downloads so you can have an active accounting what's going on in your finances because then it lets us take advantage of opportunities. How would George and I have known about this geothermal credit and that it would be good for us if we hadn't had an accounting of where we were. So that's one area that I would say is a huge value add that we're bringing to our clients is helping them get those finances in order so they can say, yeah, I can see now what I'm really spending. Okay, this is what I have to work with. So that's number one. The second area when it comes to tax planning strategies is annual year-end planning. Now, when you go do your taxes in January, February, March, or maybe April 1st, whenever it is that you get everything together and you go to your CPA, at that point, it becomes data entry. It's not tax planning. Yes, you're getting your taxes done. And I mean, no disrespect to any CFP, or I'm a CFP, but CPA. 
But what we have to understand is if we want to have an impact on our taxes, you need to be meeting with your CPA by it's October now, you need to be meeting with them now. I know we're already in discussion with our CPA to say, hey, here's where we are. We're going to guesstimate what our year-end value will be, where we will be as far as the income that came in. And we're going to put things in place so that come January, it's just a matter of filing the data. We've done the strategy beforehand. And a lot of times people go to a CPA and their fingers are crossed and they're like, oh, I'm hoping he's going to give me good news. You actually have a choice. You actually have a choice if you will start doing the planning ahead of time. There are also ways, and at this point, I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring up my module that's on my computer. So those of you, again, that are on radio, you're not going to be able to see this, but I'll walk you through, or you can always go over onto the Crystal Clear Finances YouTube channel. And one of the things that when we do year-end planning, which a CPA would be doing, so this is something we are present in this conversation, is that we look to see what is that tax bracket. And let me explain what I mean. In front of me, I'm showing an example of someone who's married and they're filing their taxes jointly. And I'm going to say that together, we're just going to lowball it. We're going to say they're making $100,000. And so what we've put in here is we've said out of the $100,000 based upon current 2023 tax rates, they would have the $27,700 deduction, which means their taxable income is 72,300, right? I just took the deduction plus their taxable income and that's what equaled 100,000. But if you can see this on our YouTube channel, you'll notice that what I'm doing is that you pay taxes from $0 to $22,000 at a 10% tax rate. Then when you're at $22,001, all the way up to $89,450, you only pay 12%. So you're gonna pay 10%, and that was 2200 Then the next bracket, you're going to pay another $6,036. But here's what I want to point out to you. When you're in a bracket, okay, so let's say that you have 72000 and you're in that second bracket where you only have to pay 12%. Would this be a good time to do a Roth conversion and only have to pay 12% up until you get to the next tax bracket. So if you have up to 89,450, a question you may want to ask your CPA is, hey, if my taxable income is at 72 and I can go up to 89, am I okay to go ahead and do a Roth conversion at Crystal Clear Finances? These are things we wanna take advantage of. And in fact, if you look on this form, you can see on our YouTube channel that I'm pointing out that you can make between 89,000 to 190,000, it puts you in the 22% tax bracket. So if IRAs, when they come out and they're taxed when you're in retirement will be at ordinary income, if you look at where everything is, do you think that you'll be in a higher tax bracket or lower tax bracket than 22% or 12%, wherever that number is? See, these, these are the type of questions that we want to ask when we're saying, hmm, I'm near the year end. Is there anything I can do? Now, you might be saying, but Crystal, if I do a Roth conversion, meaning I'm going to take money out of my IRA and I'm going to have to pay, this actually is costing me money, Crystal. This isn't saving me money. Okay, but we have to look at things. We have to look at today 
and we have to look at the future. So you have a current lifestyle, and you have a future lifestyle. I'm looking at that future lifestyle and saying, I really want to make sure there's money there for you. And if at all possible, I want to make sure that money gets to come to you without any taxes being paid on it. So if while you're healthy and young and you have a job and you're able to make income, you could pay the taxes to maximize that tax bracket, should you be doing that? Now, again, I'm not giving any advice on the radio, but I am sharing with you how I think. And these are conversations that we have with our client's CPA to say, hey, wait a minute, I think they should be starting to do that now. Now, probably not do it the year before they retire or two years before they retire because I need to be looking out for the IRMA tax and all kinds of things that will impact that. But earlier on, this could be a real place that we could begin slowly moving things over. So I want to encourage you, that's the second area, annual year-end tax planning. Now, let's talk about the third area. And I'm going to speed it up because, again, we only have about five minutes left. This deals with more of the long-term tax planning. This is more strategically placing the assets in the right place. Now, when we're doing this, we're looking at the fact that there is taxable, tax-deferred, and tax-free types of income. And when I want to help you position so that you have tax-free or tax-advantage income coming into you in retirement, that means we've got to figure out how to position it today. A lot of times people will say, I don't know if I want to do a Roth 401k because, well, then I'm going to have to pay more taxes today. Again, the question is, do you want to pay taxes while you have a job, you're young, and you have energy, or would you rather wait until you're older, you're retired, nobody wants to hire you even though they technically are supposed to be able to hire you, you don't want to work, and then you can pay taxes then. You decide, but I'd love to help make sure that it, you are in the best position possible, if at all possible. So we want to go through that in our long-term planning. That's what gives you the insight to say, okay, this year, we're maxing this out. We're maxing out our Roth. We're maxing out our Roth 401k. Yes, I know we're going to have to feel that, but I know long-term I'm going to be pleased about this decision. Then our last area, when we're talking about these four tax planning strategy conversations, deals with situational planning. And I kind of alluded to that. Um, oh, I didn't allude to it. I, I talked about it a moment ago when I talked about the fact that we said, okay, we sold the trucking company. We're going to buy a geothermal heating system in our house. And we said, we're going to make that because we had a strategic objective that we needed to meet. And a lot of times we need to look at this and say, okay, we have an objective we need to meet. We need to get those kids through college. Now, some of you say, I'm not putting my kids through college and others are adamant that they are. Regardless where you're at, this fourth area of situational tax planning really deals with the fact that there is a specific object that you are trying to reach and you wanna make sure that everything is put in place and all the pieces fit together. And that's one of the things when it comes to tax planning and tax strategies when we begin to talking about it, is really getting to that place where you feel comfortable understanding. Okay, if I put it in an IRA, if I put it in a 401k, if I put it in a 403b, unless I'm a pastor and that we've set it up properly, then those are gonna be taxed in your retirement. 
If you put it in a Roth, okay, that shouldn't be taxed in your retirement. A Roth 401k shouldn't be taxed in your retirement. And then understanding how taxable accounts work, about putting money into a taxable account. And then people are confused when they say, why did I have to pay taxes on it? I didn't take any money out of the account. Well, because we made you money. And so you have to pay when a dividend is generated. The government says, well, just because you didn't need it because you did great planning with Crystal doesn't mean we don't want taxes on it. So even when you reinvest your dividends, we still have to account for them on tax purposes. And that's why when we're looking about how do we do family banking, we must understand how those key concepts work because without those key concepts of understanding taxes and interest and giving up interest and how you finance things, then you're just kind of shooting in the dark and you can hurt yourself. And we wanna make sure as always that we're giving you that information so that you can say, yep, I know what to do here. I know how the taxes will work on this. I understand how the investments will work. I understand the risk tolerance and I'm gonna put them all together. And I'm so pleased that we have the opportunity to do that every day with you. So I wanna encourage you, if you are ready, give our office a call at 518-433-7181. Schedule a free initial consultation and then join us again next week as we continue to provide financial clarity so that you can have confidence for every financial decision. Thank you and God bless. This program is for educational purposes only. We understand that finances are complex. Facing them alone causes stress, resulting in wrong choices, missing out on opportunities, and having to settle for a lower standard of living. At Crystal Clear Finances, our team approach focuses on providing clarity and confidence so you can make the right financial decisions. Investment advisory and financial planning services are offered through AlphaStar Capital Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Clear Finances and AlphaStar are separate and independent entities. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.